Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Steel Curtain Network. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. Thank you to everyone that is joining us earlier than usual. This is the last week, I swear. Next week, we'll be at a closer to normal time. We'll let you know what that time is. Dave won't be here, but Brian and I, and maybe another third, maybe we'll get a third person to join us, will be here. But uh, anyways... Uh, Jeff Hartman here as always. Dave Schofield here as always. What's up, Dave? Uh, not too much. I kind of gave people the heads up on Scobro show that the, the people that were in the live chat that this could be uh, what the time was this week. Um, yeah. It's one of those things. It's a it's a big night. Last game of the season. Can't hold anything back. Can't hold thing. anything back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we're here talking about Steelers, and I'm I'm most likely not going to be here next week because it's the it's it's my last night of vacation before my travel day, um, especially if you guys are going to go. Jeff Jeff's the kind of guy that if you keep him up too late at night, he you're you're feeling it. We we've all been there with some post game shows, so I'm not going to ask those guys to go late next week. So I'd rather just bow out and let and let Jeff be the best Jeff he can be. Before you all were post game show guys with me, I used to do it with Lance Williams on the West Coast. And one time I little I fell asleep during the show. It was a <laughs> night, it was a night game against the Colts. And Lance, I was like this and in my living room with my old house. And he's like, Jeff. And I'm like, yo, yeah, I, it was a great game, man. You know you're tired because there's nothing boring about Lance when he's speaking. He's he speaks well, passionate and he's yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, Lance can be boring. It's still... <laughs> Homer and the hater. All right, yeah. Brian, welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, I'm mad. I am really ticked off this week. Okay, Care and I'm going to tell you. Yourself? I'm going to tell you why. Sure. You know what's what's uh, chafing me? Everybody is going out to dinner with Mike Tomlin, and I get nothing. I I mean, I can't even get like a gift certificate for Arby's from Mike Tomlin. I can't. He doesn't reach out to me or anything. <sighs> I. I Everyone's going to dinner with him, not me. I haven't even heard it. See, I don't follow the combine stuff as close as I as I once did when we were the former website and we were trying to aggregate ourselves all the way up the notches and trying to get the oh he met with him. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I don't really know who he's eating with. Um, I'll just always remember the Malik Willis. Man, Mike Tomlin eats wings. <laughs> All right, we have we actually have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, Omar Khan spoke to the media briefly 
uh, for about 10 or 12 minutes. And uh, that's on the Steelers Twitter slash X slash web. They, they actually have the full video of it. So you can check that out, but we'll talk about some tidbits there. But I think the big news amongst the Steelers fan base is the fact that Billy Hillgrove, Bill Hillgrove, Pittsburgh native, uh, he is we're stepping down from the Steelers, just the Steelers. He is still doing pit football and basketball. That's going to remain. He's not going to stop doing that, but he's just stepping down from the Steelers radio play-by-play duties. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts when you heard that Bill Hillgrove is retiring? Well, it's, it's interesting because I've made sure I've made the investment to watch every Steelers game. So it's not that I get to listen to Bill Hillgrove. I used to listen a lot when the games weren't on in my area, I would make sure I was tuning in at least on the radio, but I bet Bill Hillgrove back in 2017, it was two days after TJ Watt was drafted. I just missed, we were at the fan fest, just missed TJ Watt in the, in the season ticket holder section. I was informed of that by Bill Hillgrove. Um, my daughter and my niece both wanted to go talk and do anything because it was raining outside. And I tell you, uh, Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley sat there and talked to us for the longest time and entertained <laughs> my son and nephew and brother-in-law. They were too scared to come talk to him. Uh, super great guy. Talked about, you know, asked where we were from, talked about driving through this area and some stories about it when he would drive to Baltimore for Ravens games. No, he wasn't talking about that drive through. I know if Jeff, that's what Jeff's laughing about, but uh <laughs> I tell you something else was pretty exciting. After he announced his retirement, Bill Hillgrove did an interview on a fans on a fans first sports network show. Did you guys check out his interview that he did with Tim Benz on Breakfast with Benz? I didn't see yeah, that. I no. just I just listened, finished listening to that before the show here. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go check that out. Breakfast with Benz, part of the Fans First Sports Network. That's where you get your Mad Monday, and you can see it that he did an interview. He already had it set up that he was going to be talking to Bill Hillgrove anyway, and then the re- retirement was announced. So, uh, so he had that on there. So go check that out. That's awesome. Brian, what about you? Your thoughts on Bill Hillgrove? You know I'm a sentimental guy. And I'm sentimental for everything. So Bill Hillgrove came along when I was in college, but we, everybody knew who he was way before then, but it came to the Steelers when in, I believe 1992. And for me, I loved, I grew up listening to Jack Fleming. Then I had a point with Bill where I would go to a place in West Virginia where I lived for a number of years and they would just turn down the sound. And they would just put on Bill and Tunch and Wolf and whoever was on at the time. And it was just something special just to listen to this guy for all those years. I can still hear him. Uh, I never heard the term sidecar before when it, mm-hmm. when it came to the Steelers. And there was Bill. A lot of my great moments that came through Bill Hillgrove. I love Jack Fleming. I love Myron Cope. I love Bill just as well. Just like I loved Lanny Frateri and Mike Lang. And now Greg Brown is a guy. And you think when those guys leave that you're never going to be able to replace them. And you're not. You just get a different family member. Bill Hillgrove was an uncle to us all. Um, A fun uncle too, because I don't know if you know this. I went to Pitt Johnstown. And it used to be in in the 80s and 90s, that's where Pitt football would have their uh, have their training camp, and so Bill would come down and he would have uh, wasn't exactly a dorm, but it it was on campus. They they seated about six people, but I mean not seated. They uh, six people could live in in these uh, apartments or whatever, but they were on campus. And one of my fraternity brothers had to go ahead and you know take care of uh, like go pick up stuff for bill anything he needed you know he was kind of a gopher for him and did all this because he worked on staff and he's has some great bill hillgrove stories they're they're nothing infamous you know some i'm not gonna bring they're some not 2 a.m stories yeah he was a nice guy he was a great guy but but he he loved to he loved to go ahead and uh, relax and unwind let's just put it that way and uh just a fantastic guy they they said this guy's awesome and he would talk to everybody and he was friendly. And Dave just told this story too, uh, t- told stories about how great he was to talk to. And that's what you get with Wolf. It seems like that's what you get 
when Tunch was around, uh, God rest his soul. But, you know, these, these kind of guys, they become your family and they become your soundtrack. When the Steelers won the Super Bowl, I will never forget. And this place is a Steelers maniac haven. That was Bill Hillgrove. And yeah. I had that Bed Bath & Beyond sold this bottle opener. Oh, and it had four sayings from that Super Bowl. And I wore that thing out because I just listened to it over and over. And then it ended up breaking. And I'd love to get It's probably like 80 bucks on eBay now. But he's just the soundtrack for my Steeler fandom. And I am going to just miss listening to the guy. Yeah, I, I will be honest here. Like it, it, it's it's lousy that Bill Hillgrove is retiring, but I'll also say it's time. Um, he missed a ton of calls towards the end of his career. Like, and I didn't listen to him. I'm like Dave and Brian, where I have to watch the games. There are times where my mom would be would be driving somewhere and she'd have to listen to it. She goes, "Oh my gosh, what just happened?" She would call me. I'm like, "What do you mean, what just happened?" She goes, "Hillgrove's all over the place right now." <laughs> he, he, he's. I'll never forget too. One time we had to listen to a game. It was against the Atlanta Falcons. Rashard Mendenhall to walk off overtime touchdown. You probably remember this run. Yep. And he stumbles and Hillgrove called that he fumbled. And he's like, he fumbles the football and he picks it up and he runs in. And my brother calls me because I'm watching. He says, holy cow, what did you do? Rugby toss it against the ground? I'm like, no, he didn't even drop the ball. He goes, Hillgrove said he fumbled it and picked it up and ran it in. And I said, yeah, that didn't happen, man. I, can't, I just watched it <laughs> with my own two eyes. So Hillgrove was good. But football is also different based on the fact that if we were watching on television, like you said, Brian and Dave, you both said it, you don't hear him. You're only hearing his highlights. You're only hearing like the Homer calls of the week. You're hearing the Jim Nances and the Phil Sims from back when he was in the A squad. Now Tony Romo and, and the Troy Aikmans and, and Buck and all those people, you have all that stuff. You, not as many people I think were had access to a Bill Hillgrove outside of those highlights. doesn't mean he's yeah, less highlights. great. It I doesn't would catch mean him every great. week. Yeah. doesn't mean he's less great. Uh, but yeah, still like, Brian brings up the, the the triad of Pittsburgh announcers, whether it's Jack Fleming, whether it's Lanny for Terry, Greg Brown. No one tops Mike Lang. Like no one will ever mm -hmm. top Mike Lang. Now, down the road, ever in the past, no one touches that guy because the sport of hockey and how crazy fast it is and how he paints the picture so clearly for you. And my gosh, those sayings, those freaking sayings that you mm -hmm. still say, to this day in your head, Michael, Michael. Call Motors me slick cycle. from Turtle Creek. Yeah, there you go. Everyone knows him. I mean, he smoked him like a bad cigar. I mean, there's so <laughs> many of those sayings that Mike Lang was the best. I'm not putting Billy up there with, with Mike no. Lang, and especially when I left behind the steel curtain for two months and Bill Hillgrove decided that was a great time to turn a pharmacy into a drive through that wasn't a drive through mm -hmm. And I had to write that article. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say that I put Bill up there because, he, yeah, because he did. I just like Myron, he painted a picture and you felt home. And, and I think some of the guys now, I mean, Lang's up in that category, but some of the guys now are cookie cutter. So I, I really like that. I, I feel like we're losing that old, time 70s and 80s broadcasting feel we just lost uh stan last year yeah. and uh you know stan and bill were i mean even before the doing steeler stuff they were on wtae and they're local stuff and so yeah. i had them i grew up with that and the other thing i'm going to say is every preseason I started doing this because how often do the three of us complain like crazy on how bad the announcers are in preseason, especially yeah, when bad. you get the other team and you can't find out who made a, who had a sack, who recovered a fumble because they're not telling you. So I go on Steelers.com. I put the radio feed in and, and there you have it. So I'm listening to the entire thing and watching the game. So I was even doing that the last few years. So I I have to say this this is I, I'm glad we're not doing an obituary, but this right. is a this is a this. loss. This yeah. is something that man I I just feel because I do get nostalgic, but as a kid in the '80s, man, those guys were larger than life to me. And then when Bill came on, I was like, no one's going to replace Jack Fleming because Jack was great, but Bill had his own style. And then Bill and Myron, I I do have to say this, Bill and Myron were adored by Tunch Elkin. 
but they would drive him crazy sometimes. I, I knew a guy that worked for uh, ESPN and DVE. They would drive Tunch crazy because they would, uh, by the third quarter, they were, uh, they were a few pints in. Let's just put that Exactly. Way. Yeah. See, what, if I could say one last thing, I, I put it in our Slack chat a little, Mike. Wait, he was only calling Steelers games for 30 years? You're you're talking about 94? I'm like, I was in high school. I remember Bill Hilgrove my whole life. And that's because we watched the new, we watched WTAE news every day that we were home. And who was the sports anchor? Bill Hilgrove. He started that job the year I was born. So he's been there a part of everything my entire life that I just, when I, when I think sports and I think Pittsburgh, the first name that comes to my mind is Bill Hogarth. Yeah, when it comes to announcing yeah. news, any of that. The thing about football is it's also a different sport to call. There's a lot of there, there's not as much downtime as baseball where they're talking about like uh, I don't know cream cheese in Philadelphia, which did happen between Bob Walk and Greg Brown, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, th- there's a downtime where you can lean on the color commentators, and so when he had Tunch and Myron, hell, he just had to call the play. Ben's in the shotgun, and then Myron's going, ay, 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 and then Tunch <laughs> is calming everybody down, and all this. So he was just kind of like th- he was there, and he was a huge part of it, but he could lean on those guys a lot more. Um, it's, it's a different sport. And again, I'll stand by my guns. No one will ever touch Mike Lang in terms of play by play. And when he left, it's, it's not the same. It it isn't the same. Like Mirzi's not, he is not the same as, as that. And and it's because you can never reach that level in my opinion, but Greg Brown and Lanny for Terry, I think Greg Brown does a great job. I'm, I'm fine with his calls. I think they're funny. I think they're energetic. Who's going to replace him? I know who they do. Bring that Spanish announcer up there. That's all I'm going to see. Have him do the games. That would make it energetic. That would be fun. There you go. <laughs> T.A. Watt. T.A. Watt. I mean, it, it was like the same thing with Myron. You bring that guy in, you, you're understanding pretty much the same stuff. God oh, bless yeah, Myron he, too. <laughs> oh, Myron, he, 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 he would get so like his brain was moving a mile a minute and his mouth couldn't keep up and it just yoy would come out. Yoy. Uh, anyways, okay. We've talked a lot about announcing and I love it. That's on my bucket list is to call a game one point. Maybe I should put in my name. Do I, where do I apply for that job? Play by you know play announcer for the Steelers. That would be great. That would, that would be awesome because people would love you. But, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. The Pittsburgh Pirates used to have this thing that you could go ahead and you can get a full inning and you had to pay so much. And I did this in 1990. You could do an inning and they would have the, uh, you would be in like a broadcast booth and they would give you the VHS. I swear, I have no clue where it is. I did it. Yeah. And I probably paid like 75 bucks at the time in 1990 to do it. Was it, I mean, what of something live? Yeah. You called the, we go to a game. We went up. I think I did the seventh or eighth inning. They were playing the Giants. And I I went up and I'm in the broadcast booth and I'm calling it. And they the tape they gave me, um, well, they, they give you a monitor. And what they gave me was me calling it just like I was on there. It was KBL at the time or Fox Sports, whatever it was. It was yeah. the same broadcast that they that the Pirates are doing. And I got to call a game for an inning. I had to pay for it, but I but loved it. You got a full inning. So you were like in it says you seventh inning, 1990, you said? Yeah. All right. I so you're like, Spadilla, Drabeck. You're like Doug Drabeck toes the rubber. It, yeah. And, and a little inside. And, and then Did you have a color commentator. What do you think about that? No, no, there, Bob? It was just me by myself. <laughs> my, my dad in the background like this, watching me with his arms crossed, just like like it was the greatest thing ever. But I remember my one buddy yelled at me he's like because it was it's hard to do because i'm like 18 and so i said all right there's a backward backwards k he's like no he swung on that you screwed that up i'm like i don't care (laughs) well i don't know if you guys realize this or not but as part of the what is it hall of honor museum or the steelers the, the museum that's at that I must said the wrong one. Acrisure Stadium, yeah. <laughs> but it's not open on game day. You have to make you know you can go and make reservations to to go to that. Part of what they have there is you can you can bring up 
they have like an announcer's booth that you can bring up uh, uh, one of several Steelers iconic plays really? and you can do the play-by-play That's for awesome. it and you get a copy of it. I don't know in what way it is. That was Bob Labriola reported at this. That's one of the things that they offer. I don't know if it's just a digital thing that they email you or what, but uh, that's there for any of you Steeler fans that would like to go partake in that. You know what I think we should do? I can go get a random game, not tell you what the game is. I'll get a random game. We can go ahead and take turn the sound down, put the video. The three of us will call it. Jeff can do play-by-play, <laughs> and then we'll call it. And it'll be just a regular one that's not that famous. So no one will, no one will know which one it is, and we won't remember exactly what went on. We could probably do that. We wouldn't get monetized. Because... No. <laughs> no yeah, we just have to that one to the YouTube gods. <laughs> yeah, but that would be fun. And these days, we can do that. That's what, hey, Jeff always says, Dave, what does yeah. Jeff always say? It's the off season. Time to experiment. Time, time to experiment. <laughs> we could do I, that instead of this. Instead of a Steelers preview, we'll do that. Like in one of those downtimes, there's nothing to talk about. We'll bring up the, the 2001 AFC wildcard game, which was everyone knows that game, but that was, that was the Browns and Steelers at Heinz field. First playoff mm-hmm. game there. Chris Fumatu Mafala on the draw for the W. That, hey, that was one We're of those plays it. on the montage they have for Hillgrove. Uh, yeah, it was. Steelers put out mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, pick some random like 2003 week six. <laughs> I don't even know well, what Well, I'm is. thinking like 2000, <laughs> 2017, like, yeah. like against the Falcons or something where, where mm-hmm. like we remember enough about those players, but we just don't remember the remember the game. Yeah. Ooh, what would be neat would be to do that for a game I was actually at the stadium. Right. Well, 2003 you know was the 2003 was the first time I ever went to Heinz Field. I saw them play the Chargers in the final home game of that year. My, my first 10. time was 2004. That was Ben's rookie season, of course. That was their yeah. – their, um, it was the day after Christmas against the Ravens where they locked up the number one seed. December 5th, 1982, boys. <laughs> Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. Yeah. Bradshaw to Stallworth. I wasn't even born yet. I know. <laughs> uh, I I know Big Bro Sco. I can't remember what year it was, but it was eighty two. It was eighty two as it well was as right after Christmas. The Patriots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know that. that was... I know that story well. That was. I missed that game because I was in L.A. Mm. Well, we haven't talked about anything. <laughs> no, no. Fun stuff. But you know what? This is enjoyable. This is what Bill Hillgrove does. This yeah. is what he does. He makes us. He he's a part of of reliving your Steelers history, you know, everything since 94, he, he has a part in that. Even though I'm watching the TV broadcast of Super Bowl 43, what do I remember? I remember the Hillgrove highlight. So even though I, that's not the voice that I heard when I saw it live, that's the voice that I hear in my mind every time I think about it. Absolutely. So live chat, we're doing it in June. If you say, if we get 10 up there that say we should do it, we'll do it. We already have one from Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, trivia time from Jeff. Brian brings up his first game. He brought up in 1990 watching the pirates. My mind immediately goes to, he was in three river stadium. So how, which stadium holds more people now Akershire stadium, or was it three river stadium? What do you think, Dave? Is there a difference with baseball and football? There is. We'll do football. Okay, so just football. I'm going to go three rivers because it was enclosed the whole way around on the top. All right, Brian, what do you think? No, I'm going to say Akershire, and the reason why is typically when you went to games, a sellout was around 57,000, if unless it was a special game. And you can get, like, I think 63 or so or 60. Um, a little bit more than that now, sixty-eight. But I think when it first came out, it was sixty-three. Yeah, so I just don't know what three I'm going to say. Hind slash Akershire. Brian is right, but I remember as a kid going to watch the Pirates at Three Rivers, thinking that this huge concrete structure was just like the Coliseum in Rome. Mm-hmm. They had only held fifty-nine thousand people for football games, and for baseball was forty-seven thousand nine hundred. So. Akershire Stadium is significantly larger than Three River Stadium was. Interesting tidbit. There you go. Jeff's That's what happens when you can actually design the stadium to fit what's going on there. It's cozier, That's, though. 
Yes. I mean, that's the thing with, with three rivers is because you had to be able to fit both baseball and football in there. Look at the, look at some of the places of how far away you were from the field as you could have been in the front row, but you weren't anywhere close to the field. Right. No, absolutely. So, okay. Um, Let's take a break. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll actually talk about some Steelers stuff and we'll do some trivia. So if you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or X, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. And on the audio side, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. Second half of the show. It is time for some actual Steelers talk. That was Steelers talk, by the way. We're talking about Bill Hillgrove. We're bringing up some memories with him. We'll see who they choose to be the next announcer. Nonetheless, though, the Steelers, Omar Khan did speak to the media and he didn't say, I didn't think he said a whole lot that we didn't already know. We stand by Kenny Pickett. We do want Mason Rudolph back. You all that listen to these shows have heard this before because we've talked about it before. Uh, he did have a couple little nuggets, though, that I thought were interesting. Dave, I, want, I know you sent it to me because I missed mm-hmm. it at first. Why don't you say, uh, bring up what he said about um, Broder Jones? And I, it's exactly what I expected from the Steelers. It was really nice to get some confirmation. The plan is that Broderick Jones was drafted to be a left tackle. Now, does that mean he's going to be the left tackle this season? That is to be determined. But the plan with Broderick Jones is to have him eventually be the Steelers starting left tackle. That's what he was drafted for. So the the only question is, until they have all the pieces in the right spots to get him there, can he do that? And his versatility right now 
is something that they very much highly value. And I just probably said four times more words about that subject than what Omar Khan actually did. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what's your take on that with Broderick Jones? You know, they, they're sticking to the plan, but that doesn't mean that that's basically telling you that, look, we're not searching for a left tackle right now, but we can't tell you what's two years down the road. The plan is left tackle, but what happens if they bring in a Marius Mims or they, uh, they strike out on uh, somebody falls and it's just perfect. And they, they feel that they have right tackle solidified and they bring somebody really good in left tackle or what happens if you get you get a free agent bonanza or you get somewhere like the uh, the Mika Fitzpatrick deal that someone young and, and perfect comes along and it's the perfect storm because the, the Mika Fitzpatrick thing, that happens once in a blue moon, the way that trade. Very few times do you see a significant player in their second year traded. But what happens if somebody like that comes along? So what Omar is saying is, yeah, the plan is he was drafted to be a left tackle, but and we hope that that happens, but you never know. Yeah. Can I jump back hey, in here, ahead. Jeff? Yes, go ahead. I, I didn't see it that way at all. I saw what Omar was saying as because Broderick Jones can, can play anywhere, what we need is an answer at right tackle. That's why Broderick Jones is there because – that's the that's what they need in order to have him go to left. That's kind of the way I took it. Not that I'm saying I'm right versus Brian, but that's just the the, the way I I envision it. And it could really go either way. Maybe it was Omar saying that you know maybe they because they have because Broderick Jones is doing a nice job at right tackle. Uh, they could go somewhere else at left. I, I think Broderick Jones is the left. They just got to get right figured out. Is the is the problem, and. Uh, and you say someone like Mims, I think that would be someone that would be great at right tackle. Uh, but also, if you're – it doesn't hurt Broderick Jones to be at right tackle right now since he showed he can do both because the weakest spot in his game right now is pass protection. So, therefore, if he if he's struggling in pass protection, it's better on the right side than it would be on the left until yeah. he maybe gets a little bit more of that down. He's still a really young guy too. Like people forget yeah. that. Like he he's a rookie. Yeah, he was a rookie last year. I know, but I think he was really young. He's like twenty. Did he get his braces off? He had his braces on when he was drafted. Like he yeah, still I had know, braces. Saying, on. Did he get them off since then? I, I think so. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, because just, like just like my thirteen year old just got her braces. Off. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, the reason I say that is honestly, that's part of the reason when I ran when I saw somebody. When I was at Niagara Falls this summer, this guy was huge, and he looked just like Broderick Jones. Yeah. And then I was able to see that he wasn't wearing braces. I'm like, no, that's not it. That's not it. No. <laughs> so another another point that Omar Khan was asked about, which I thought was interesting, was he he just like Mike Tomlin at the season ending press conference was asked about Cole Holcomb and his recovery from a a pretty significant knee injury. And I think that's an important that we underline that it's significant. When you hear Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin echoed this earlier in the offseason saying, yeah, he's working his way back, but we don't know. Like, that's not good. Like, that, that means that he had a knee injury that you might be talking about multiple ligaments. I don't know. Uh, you hope that he's able to come back, but let's say he does make his way back he, and he's back for training camp. Who knows if he is the same caliber of player that he was before the injury. So, uh, Brian, I'll throw it to you first. What were your thoughts on that? Well, what a lot of people forget about, they forget about that that injury happened on November 2nd, which it did not happen at the beginning of the year. What happens when you have somebody that late in the season? I consider that fairly late. It's, uh, that's week, that's week 11, you know? So to me, that's, that's, uh, you're at least 60% of the season. So that doesn't mean like when you lose a guy in training camp, yeah, you, you expect them to be back the next year, but when it's a significant knee injury and it's in November, you almost got to, you almost have to play the field. Like, Hey, we need to have a plan B for Cole Holcomb. 
at this point because you don't know whether he's going to be back, like you said, whether he's going to heal. But that late in the season, to me, I I, I saw Dave's wheels turn in there. Um, mm-hmm. But you, that's that's once you get into November, you're you're in danger of missing the entire next season. Yeah, Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, well, the first thing Brian said that, and I'm like, beginning of November to me. I would have that to me, that's the middle of the season. So I did look it up. It was week nine of 18. So it really was right in the middle of the season. It wasn't early. It wasn't early at all. So that really is Brian's right about that. That it's, you know, the how many times do we see guys have big injuries the first week of the season? That's a that's a lot of a difference there. Oh, I guess so, my, my math is off. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> and remember, because it's it's 18 weeks now. So the fact that they're not, this goes to show that whether it's free agency or the draft, that inside linebacker has to also still be on the table now just because of the uncertainty there. It, it, it's just the way it's got to go now. It's going to be interesting to see how handle that in the draft as well. Um, free agency has not been good to the Steelers as it pertains to the inside linebacker position. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Anything else stand out to you from uh, Omar Khan's media session, Dave? Um, no, you hit the, you hit the biggest highlights. I thought, okay, Brian, no, but going back to the Cole Holcomb thing, that makes me. Uh, that also makes me start thinking about that. Whatever their stance was, and we don't know what it was, with Quan Alexander might have changed. He might have gone up the priority list a whole lot more. And of course, he was hurt too. But the very a, next week, right? Yeah, but that's yeah. a different. That was a different injury. That's this was Achilles, right? Achilles. He ruptured his Achilles tendon. Like that's not. That's bad. It's, it's yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, it, that's it. You got to say it's question marks, but uh, got Landon Roberts coming back. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mark Robinson. Yay. So, <laughs> uh, don't get me started. <laughs> now, I know, but I think that for me, like Omar Khan, he gave the political answer for the majority of this stuff. You know, hey, yeah. Kenny Pickett's the only raw, the guy on the roster right now. We, we were standing behind Kenny. We support Kenny. We're going to, hey, we talked to Mason Rudolph and his agent which is not tampering by the way he is they're allowed to negotiate with your own free agents uh throughout the offseason like that's not anything that's illegal um they asked about his yeah Najee harris's fifth year option he said you know he, they value him but they haven't made a decision on it yet they don't have to make a decision that was the him. right answer exactly they, yeah. they haven't announced it you, you say that's what you say right so okay that's a lot of Jeff, stuff that happened yeah did you meet with the steelers Oh, did I mean <laughs> no, not just, yeah. that is the whole title of the show? My gosh. Um, so yeah, let, let's look at look at it this way. Dave, you want I, I felt like this is your title of the show because you and one Jeremy Jerome Betts got into it a little bit uh on our Slack channel about how you get annoyed with the people that constantly ask these athletes, did you meet with the Steelers? Was it informal? Was it formal? Did you meet with the Steelers? Hey, did you meet with the Steelers? Did you meet so, Dave, I'm going to give you the floor and let you go ahead and uh, talk about this because I know it it weighs on you a little bit. I, I'm sorry. The problem is I I, I don't know wh- why it's like this, but for some reason, I relate so much and agree with so many different things that Jim Wexel says on Steel City Insider Podcast, which you can hear on Steel Curtain Network Wednesdays at noon. And... This was a big thing with Jim last year. He kind of went off on it last year after the after the combine was over, and he talked about it in in yesterday's show as well uh, about how it kind of drives him crazy with with some of the you know there's there they allow so much more variety of media there, and it's kind of swarming in. And each person, I mean, they probably have to answer if they met with from at least half the NFL teams. Yeah, and. And Jeremy's thing was, well, what else are they supposed to ask? I'm like, okay. Um, actually, like Jim was talking about on Wednesday, actually know a little bit more about the players that you're going to go over other than to run in. Did you meet with the Steelers? Get your answer and run away to somebody else. Um, just to know who they are, a little bit about them, how they play. You know, 
Jim used the example of, what do you expect to run in the 40 tomorrow? No. Ask them, okay, you, for example, let's go with uh, JPJ, the center from, from Oregon. A question like, oh, you, when you weighed in at the senior bowl, you were, you were higher than your listed weight, uh, playing weight for the season. Were you bulking up specifically? Were you looking at playing more guard there to show the NFL that you could go to center or guard or, or, or do you feel that you're, you're, you're uh, center first and foremost going into this process? You know, that's the kind of question that you're kind of look, looking at rather than just all they have to do is just say, yes, no, maybe, you know, with, with, with the meetings. And that's why I don't even bother to listen to the player interviews because there's, they're probably the, the best parts of those could be summed up in probably 20 seconds. And how long is each player up there? I, I don't even know. Depends on the position too. The quarterbacks yeah. are up oh, there a yeah. while. Um, yeah. But Brian, they actually get better questions. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah what's your take? Dave, on that, Dave's Dave's absolutely correct. Even though he is the slack goalie, where he likes to make sure that uh, <laughs> no garbage goes near the net and like and slam it away. And if you're wrong, Dave's going to tell you you're wrong. I'll, I'll and, with the clouds <laughs> and go on go on for three paragraphs on why you're wrong, and then back it up back it up with sources. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, so if I'm not mistaken, it's not hard to get into the combine. And as far as there's a lot of amateurs in the combine and it's easier to get a press pass there and to get in and, and uh, have access. So the reason I'm bringing that up is I knew this woman way back in the, uh, the nineties. And I said to her, um, and she was always at the bar in Johnstown on Friday and Saturday night. She was a mainstay. And uh, I said to her, "Hey, so uh, are you going so, going somewhere at uh, on New Year's Eve?" She said, "No, I'm not going to amateur hour. That's amateur hour. I'm not going out on when everybody's out on New Year's Eve. I'm going to go out and and drink and get sloppy on a regular Tuesday, you know." Um, so the reason I'm bringing that up, it's the same thing. Why I don't take, why I don't buy my wife flowers on february 14th because i'll buy her flowers on august 19th what's august 19th it's the random day and that's easier to it goes a lot lot a lot further if you buy flowers for your significant other or give them something just because you love them not because hallmark or anybody else tells you i'm a pharmaceutical rep i go into off when i go into offices and I see the, uh, on February 14th, I see the flower delivery guy come in and five or six people going, oh, I hope it's me. I, I, oh, he forgot again. And because it's expected because that day tells you to do it. So wh- once again, why am I bringing all that up? It's because the the regulars like a Wexel and anybody that's, that's uh, done the beat, done everything, they see all these people coming in and asking stupid questions or asking standard questions, then they, that's less that they get to do their job. So th- that's kind of the way the way I feel about it. Um, some of those questions, why, why are you asking those? When you know you're going to get it, you know you're not going to get, no, I don't want to meet with uh, the, the head coach of the, uh, the San Diego, excuse me, the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't want to meet with that guy. I have no interest. I, I hate, I hate Las Vegas. I'm not going there. Um, no, no one's going to say that they're going to go. Yeah. Well, I met with that. I met with, uh, this coach and this coach. I'd love to go there. Everybody's making a big deal about DeMar Hamlin this week because DeMar said, yeah, I would love to play for the Steelers before I retire. Now, you know what the headlines are? The headlines are Demar Hamlin wants to uh, wants to end his career as a Steeler, you know, and he that's his goal. No, he said. I mean, he was saying complimentary things. I mean, hey, I'm a hometown guy. I'd love to play for the Steel, but now it's like gospel that that's where Demar Hamlin's going to end up. That doesn't mean anything. So you have you have talking heads and you have people with microphones and cell phones that really are there to say that they're there 
and the old professionals aren't getting the access that they usually get. Hey, you're not wrong. I thought it was just I, for a second. I thought we were listening to just dating advice with Brian Anthony Davis. <laughs> um, <laughs> let, I got let's, there. Let's, yeah. let's go <laughs> story time. Story time with Jeff Hartman. My senior year in college, I'm at Shepherd University. It was at Shepherd College at the time. And uh, one of my teammates on the lacrosse team asked if I, he was the sports editor for the newspaper, would I want to cover the baseball team? Whenever they have a home game, I said, sure, it's something to do. It'll be different. He goes, but you're going to have to talk to some of the guys and get some quotes. That's not a problem either. So after the games, win or lose, I would get go down to the dugout and say, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm with the picket. That's what they had. That's what our school newspaper was called. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? It didn't take me very long, probably only a couple weeks, for me to realize, hey, Jeff, you can't ask yes or no questions because those are bad questions. And guess what they say? Yes. No. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, did did you misplay that third that, that ground ball in the third inning that could have been an inning-ending double play? Yes. Yes. Damn. <laughs> Stupid question, Jeff. What are you doing? It's amazing to me mm -hmm. how many people that are journalists, because remember, Jeff's not really a journalist, so he can't be viewed as one. Uh, I'm just a fan, as they say. Ask these questions to Mike Tomlin. Ask these questions to these athletes, and they get pissed when they get yes or no answers. It's not their ask job. A question. It's not their job to elaborate on a yes or no question. Ask a better question, like Dave just said. And With so it's, it's infuriating for me when I'm listening to whether it's these athletes avail availability at the combine, I'm watching Mike Tomlin's weekly press conference and they get so mad. Like, Oh, he's, he was really snarky today because why? Because you said, Hey coach, what do you think about her? Or did not, they don't say that. Cause that's actually a good question. Um, were you happy with the way that your team came out in the, in the second half? No. <laughs> and then get upset. <laughs> he doesn't have to elaborate. He answered your question. I mean, yep. so, I don't know. Journalism, again, journalism, uh, as you want to call it in today's day and age, is just really weird. And and, and people, I, I don't know. And that's again, Jeff, yeah, that's the same. That's the same thing in sales. You can ask, hey, will you consider buying this or prescribing this or do whatever? Um, and they'll say yes or no. But you would say, hey, when you have this person that comes in for this. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your plans? How do you treat them? Just like that ground ball. So what happened with that ground ball in the second inning? Well, I misjudged it. It was coming. I usually get that one. It hit a rock. I yeah. was distracted by uh, the infield could be a million. Things. I was distracted by that cool looking journalist. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> reporter, Jeff Hartman, you know, uh, no. you know, <laughs> That just went so, the wrong way, Brian. Jeff, what <laughs> happened with the pick six back in middle school? I can tell you all about it. I can tell you all about it. 41 years old. I'm a man. And uh, yeah, I can tell you all about it. Still remember to this day. Anyways, yeah, I, I think that it speaks more to what happens at the event. But to, to add on what I said is that these questions are bad even when they're in the facility in the Steelers. They are a very tight organization that does not let everyone in. The Combine, everyone can go if you have a buddy that has a buddy that is at a place that can get credentialed. It's like the few, it's like one of the few NFL events that it's easy to get credentialed. And I don't know why, but it is. Uh, so anything else, Dave, you want to add to that? I'm good. Not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. Let's do some <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I I I wrong it. You ready? No. <laughs> you got you got All right, Brian, what's your trivia? Go ahead. All right. So we talked about Bill Hillgrove tonight. We know that that he was with Tunch and Wolf for many, many a year. But back in the Super Bowl, I, I believe it was just one season. Back in Super Bowl 30 in 1995, that was before Tunch came on. Who was the third man in the booth with Myron? Wasn't it uh, and with Merrill Bill? Hodge? Merrill Hodge, Hodge, wasn't it? Yes, it was Merrill Hodge. Wow. That's that my it? trivia. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh. You guys got me. You're like an idiot. I'm done. All right, Dave. All right, you got it. Go ahead. Jeff, Jeff, wait a second. This is good because Jeff actually, you know, he might actually listen to the whole question now because he got one right. Uh, yeah. I don't even know that Jeff knew what we were talking about last week. Um, I you, you all lost me last week. Like you, you, the way you all went 
with family relatives. I was like, we're talking relatives. Gosh, I didn't even know that one dude was on the roster, let alone that his uncle played one game for the Vikings back in the 70s. James Daniels? (laughs) Oh, we Godwin equal Buike. No, yeah, yeah, come on. I mean, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, come on, Jeff. You're such an idiot. Gosh, you're yeah. an idiot. Oh, come on. How do you not know this? <laughs> He's only their kick returner, Jeff. Yeah. He made one great play. He did the anti gunnero like fielding <laughs> the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. Anyways, Dave, go ahead. Which is exactly what his job should be. Yes. All right. Well, I was I was looking at some stats and some things from this year, especially you know, that geek getting stuff ready for that podcast. And there's the the whole depressing thing of the Steelers, you know, not having a lot of passing touchdowns. And I was looking at it, and I wanted to know exactly who led the Steelers in passing touchdowns this year. You guys know who it was? Mason Rudolph. No, and, and sorry, I said it wrong. I said passing, receiving, receiving touchdowns. Jorjito. Okay, Brian. Yeah, it was. I was hoping you were going to see Deontay Johnson. I was. I Why don't you say Deontay we... Johnson? Did Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. If, what do you have, three? No, say Deontay Johnson. Deontay you know Johnson. why? Because then I can say you're both right, because they tied. Okay. Oh. Um, because they, they both had five. Last year, Steelers didn't have a, have a receiver catch five touchdowns. And I was like, oh, vey, this is not good. So I started to look up some bad receiving touchdown stats, and it was just too depressing. So I decided to pivot and go in the opposite direction. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers in their 89 seasons, because you're not counting, you know, the, the the years that they were together, other other places, going all the way back to, to when they were established. They've had a number of wide receivers that have hit double digit. Well, I say wide receivers, it didn't have to be a wide receiver, but re- someone catching the football that hit double digit touchdown, receiving touchdowns for a season. Now, I will tell you this: they've never had a season where they had more than one person do it. So it's not like in one year there were two. How many out of those 89, how many seasons do you think that where the Steelers had a player with 10 or more touchdown receptions? Just take a shot in the dark. 22. I'm going to go I'm going to go significantly lower. I'm going to go 14. All right. Well, because if it's closest without going over, then Jeff can't win. Now that you're pretty close there, Brian. It was it was 16. The answer would have been 14 if I would have stopped it at the merger, because it was two before the merger. So there were there were 16 times that this that the Steelers had a player with double digit receiving touchdowns. Now, real quick, there was one player that did it four times. Who do you think that was? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, you are correct, Jeff. There was one player that did it three times. Do you know who that is? John Stallworth. I'm going to go say uh, Mike Wallace. The answer would be Heinz Ward. Oh, in 2002, Hines. 2003, 2005. Okay. There was one player who you all still have not named that did it. Two times. Did Heath Miller ever do it? Heath Miller? No, because the record for a that's right. Down, it was like seven or eight. I think it's it eight. eight. Set, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh I'm actually gonna go with Louis Lips. Jeff? I was that or San Antonio Holmes. The answer of who has done it, who did it twice was Lynn Swan in 1975 oh. and 1978. So those are the ones that have done it multiple times. The question is, can we fill out the rest of these to see who's actually done it at all? Uh, names that you've already mentioned that are one of them. Mike Wallace, yes. Louis Lips, yes. John Stallworth, yes. There are four more names. And I already told I've, you two, two of I've them got were before the merger. So I don't know. So I don't know if you got if you got that, because two were before the merger. All right, I Fine. could get one before the merger. And one that uh, Jeff's not going to come up with. Lynn Shannoy. No. Okay. Then after the merger, Jericho Cotri. <laughs> Jericho Cotri in 2013 had 10 touchdowns. And I would the have other, to see. 
The yes. other three were were in 1973, 1968, and 1961. So I don't, okay. I didn't expect you to get them. Uh, Barry Bowman. Nope. Roy Jefferson. Nope. Dick Shiner. No, no but he's might have thrown some of them. Um, <laughs> Ron Shanklin. Ron Shanklin in 1973, and I'll give you the ones from the 60s because I never would have got this. Roy Jefferson in 1968, and the first player to ever have double-digit receiving touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1961, Buddy Dial. But I just hey, Toddy 86 got Did that you, right. He said Buddy Dial before. He said, before, uh, before he he said Roy Jefferson. That was I one I didn't Roy Jefferson. Right. So. Yeah, Jeff could Jeff could tell you. I said Roy Jefferson. You were shouting out stuff. I didn't. I didn't hear all the stuff. I was too busy right yelling now. Dick Shiner at the time. So. Dick Shiner, was, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Dick Shiner <laughs> went over Roy Jefferson actually, but you go back and listen. It's there. Check the so. tape. <laughs> Is that it? Yep. All right. Very good. All right. Let's do some final thoughts, Brian. I'll let you go first. I kind of already wasted my final thoughts with Bill Hillgrove. So uh, once again, I. The uh, whoever comes in next, it's it's going to be interesting. Give them a chance because just like just like with when Mike Tomlin leaves the Steelers, you're going to be pining for Mike Tomlin with the next guy. You're going to be pining for Bill Hillgrove with the next guy. But go ahead, give him a shot. He's uh, whoever it is, male or female, they're going to be the voice of the Steelers and they're going to have more great memories to go through. Another thing that I just want to hit, it's uh, it's basically uh, waxing our own cars here at uh, Steel Curtain Network. Jeff kind of alluded to this, but I, I read an article just before we went on that said something about, well, it's going to be a lot tougher for Mason Rudolph to come back to the Steelers because they're going to have other suitors. And I'm reading the whole thing. I'm like, yep, this is exactly what we were talking about last week on a, on a breaking news source show. So, you know, we've, uh, right now we're blessed to have a source that uh, tells us what's going on inside the organization, you know, believe that when it comes through and tell your friends, tell your family members, they love the Steelers, tell them about steel curtain network, about fans for a sports network, because, we're now getting we're now getting great information because of the community that we have here not just us not just sources but because of the live chat because of the listeners because of the the culture that we have going on here so we thank you we can't do that without you but know that uh, we're building something into a source factory and it's more more to come all right dave final thoughts all right, my final thoughts are in a much different uh, direction. If you happen to listen to or watch or catch live the Scobro Show on Tuesday, I told a story at the beginning, which was kind of a funny ending that was all about uh, jury duty uh, with uh, because that was something my brother was talking about the week before. But uh, I, I had a bit of a, a rough start to my week with my wife being away. And what do I, long story short, my oldest son and I ended up stranded on the side of the road, kind of in the middle of nowhere, um, dark, everything else. And it's in those moments when you kind of feel helpless and you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Is when you start to think about, you know, who, who can you call on? And I'm so blessed to do this job where I can write about the Steelers, talk about the Steelers. And if you would have asked me this um, six years ago, if I would ever have an opportunity to do this, I would have thought you were crazy. And I am, and I'm so blessed to get to do this job, but not only that, I'm really blessed to work with fantastic human beings. And when I was in trouble and I wasn't sure what I was going to do and, and if I was even going to be able to get a tow truck or whatnot, who were the people that I thought of first that I that I could call on? It wasn't some of my family or extended family. It wasn't from other places. It was Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis. And those guys, they were both ready to, to at the drop of the hat, to come bail me out from a tough situation. The next day, Brian came, came through because uh, I knew he was close to my house, and I had a very short window to actually get something done. Um, and Brian dropped what he was doing, and he was right there in a heartbeat to give me a ride. Uh, I work with with a lot of great people, but doing this show 
with these two guys is something that I will treasure for my entire life. And I thank you guys that I can call you friends. Oh, you're welcome. I would have picked you, you up in my little car. Me, me. See if you see your <laughs> big body in that little car. You to strap me to the roof. <laughs> get your son in the back. Even Green's fine. Dave, get your ass on the roof. Yeah, we're like Aunt Edna so... from a vacation. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you ever see that episode of uh, Mr. Bean where he got the chair and then he ends up being on the roof driving the car with, <laughs> with stuff like get, See if you can strap a chair up there so I can sit down. Hey, Dave, you got me out of uh, going to Michael's with my uh, wife and daughter. So there you go. (laughs) I was so I came to your rescue. Yes. (laughs) Just like you came to mine. All right. Good stuff. Uh, We'll be back. Dave might not be, but Brian and I will be back next week on another Steelers preview. Dave, why don't you send us out like you always do? Hey. See you next week. Everybody else gets a little tight.